Let's begin. Uh, this week is Parshas Chaye Sarah, um, the life of Sarah. Now there's a, my mother, her name is Chaya Sarah, but that's not Chaye Sarah, it's a different name. Um, Chaye Sarah is because the, the Parsha begins with that these were the, this is the life of Sarah, and she lived 127 years. Um, interestingly, that much later we have 127 in Tanakh and Miguel Sester. That uh, Achashverosh and Sarah were king and queen over 127 countries, and in fact, there's a medrash that connects it. That in the schus of Sarah, who had the 127 years, they were all, as Rashi says, shavin latova. They were all good. They were all uh, proper. So therefore, her, or that Esther, who was her heir in some spiritual sense, became was able to be a queen over 127 countries. Be that as it may, there's an interesting thing, and I think we've mentioned it once or twice in the past, but it's a very beautiful concept. And that is that there are two Torah portions that have the name life in the name of the Parsha. What are they? We have Chaye Sarah and Vayichi, right at the end of Chomesh Bereshis. Both of them carry the name of life. So Chaye Sarah is the life of Sarah, and Vayichi Yaakov is the life of Yaakov. What's interesting is that if you think about it, both of those Torah portions deal primarily about their passing. Right? And that's, that's the, it's ironic. That of the, of the entire, there's 54 parshas in the Torah. Of the entire 54 parshas, there's only two that carry the name life. And both of them are all about death of those people. Right? So Chayi Sarah, the first passage, talks about her passing away. So the life of Sarah was 127 years, and she passed away. In fact, the first section is about Avram buying the Mars of And that's why this Shabbos in Israel is always a very big Shabbos in, 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 um, in Hebron. Anyone here has ever been? Thousands of people flocked to, to Hebron this Shabbos because it's the, Shabbos, it's the um, Parsha where Hebron was acquired by Avram for Sarah. And that's actually the first acquisition that we have in Eretz Yisrael is Hebron. Right? Um, so that's an interesting concept. And we know that uh, names aren't arbitrary ever. Uh, names of people aren't arbitrary. The Gemara tells us they're a bimeir. A bimeir, daik bishma. He told you about a person by looking at his name. It's one of those, uh, one of the famous stories of the Gemara. The mayor came to a town together with other chachamim, and they came to an innkeeper, and the other chachamim um, gave the their, their valuables uh, to the innkeeper for to guard them. And the mayor would not, and he told him, he says, I wouldn't trust this guy. And well, why not? He's a good guy, and they gave it to him, and then he he tried to steal it from them. And Rameer, they asked him, How do you know? He said, Because his name was Kidor, and Kidor, the pasuk says, Kidor tapuchos heima. In 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 Hazinu, that it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a troublesome generation. So he looked at the name of a person, connected it to the name of the parsha, and says that well, it's no good. Which means may, names are significant, and there's a lot in especially in Kabbalah and Hasidus about the significance of names. So the fact that the two parsha is their name is the name of life when the parsha is the parsha of their death is obviously something that 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 uh, makes us. Uh, that's insightful. It has to have an explanation. So what does the Taka mean? So there is another very famous Gemara Masech Tainus, if you're following on the page over here, second paragraph. Gemara Masech Tainus, another pretty famous Gemara. It says, Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, Havi Yasvi, Bisudasa. Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak were sitting together by a meal. Armali Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak, Rav Nachman turns to Rav Yitzchak and says, Leimam Armilsa, why didn't you say something? You know, when it comes to a meal, there should be some divertera said. So, Basically, he told him that it's not uh, healthy to talk while you're eating. He says, okay, we'll wait till afterward. Basar decided when they finished the Seuda Amrali, he said a statement. Rav Yochanan, this Rav Yochanan said, Yaakov Avinu lo mace. Yaakov Avinu never passed away. So, Amrali, 
so um, Rav Nachman responds, what's that supposed to mean? What were all the eulogies about? Not just that, they, they were, how do you say, embalmed him. The cover of Kivraya, they buried him. What do you mean Yaakov Avinu didn't pass away? The Torah tells us he was buried, he was eulogized, he was embalmed. Omar Lay, so Rav, Rav Yitzchak answered, he says, Mikra Ani Doresh. I'm being, I'm darshan, I'm explaining, a, I'm really just saying a Pesach. Shanam, the Pesach says in Yirmiyahu, Va'ata al-tira avdi Yaakov ne'um Hashem. Hashem says, don't, don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov, Valtechas Yisrael, and the Jewish people should not fear. Kihinini Mashiach Mirachik, I will bring you salvation from the distance. Shivyam and your descendants from the place of their captivity. So basically, he's addressing Yaakov and the Jewish people. Right? It says, Don't fear Yaakov and don't fear Jewish people. I will bring you salvation and your descendants. Makish Hulazaro. He puts together Yaakov and his sons. If his sons are alive, then he is alive as well. That's what Rabbi Yochanan, I'm sorry, that's what Rav Yitzchak answered. Which is obviously a very cryptic answer. No, okay, he gave a drush from a Pasuk. How did he answer the question? Here he just said Yaakov Avinu didn't die. And the, uh, he was, uh, the question was, but he did. And he's buried. And he says, okay, well, the Pasuk puts them together. How does that answer the question? And, and he finishes with that statement. If his children are alive, he's alive as well. And there's a number of different pirushim that are given in this Gemara, different mafarshim in the Gemara. But one pirush is that a tzaddik lives on through his descendants. Because really, what part of us, you know, a person is made up of guf and neshama, of body and soul. The body dies, the body perishes, the body is buried. But a tzaddik is never about his body. It's about what he lives for. It's about the neshama, it's about what he teaches, it's about what he inspires, it's about his amuna, about his yiras Hashem, his avas Hashem. And that is what he gives on to his children. So if his children are keeping up in his ways and with his teachings and are living by his example, then he lives on through them. The emes of life is when it carries on after the person is not here anymore. And that's what it means if you look at Yaakov Zaro, if you, if you look at Yaakov's descendants, and you see that they're going in the way of Torah mitzvahs, they're following the examples and the teachings of their father, their grandfather, Yaakov Avinu, then he lives on through them as well. And this is a general concept of Nitzchius. Nitzchius means something that's the everlasting nature. Gashmi is the physical, is, um, is transient, is, is, is not, is, is not long-lasting. Everything in this world is physical, ultimately erodes. Ruchniya, spirituality, is something that can go on forever, because Hashem is forever. That's why there's an interesting Mishnah in Masechta Parah, Perechas Mishnah Tes. It says, in order to use water for the Parah Duma, it has to be Mayim Chayim, live water. What does live water mean? It's always running water. It's connected to the, uh, to the you know, depths of the earth, and it's running. It says, Hamayim HaMechazvin, waters that lie, Psulim, are invalid for the mechatas. What does it mean waters that lie? False waters. The Mishnah explains, If once in seven years the river dries up, it's not called mayim chayim. Something that ceases to exist every once in a while is not called chay. It's not called something that's continuous. It's not everlasting. So in this world, in Gashmias, in the physical world, there's nothing that's everlasting. The only real thing that's everlasting is Hashem. 
when we connect to Hashem, that's how we're also chai. That's how we're everlasting. And that's, I'm sorry? And the Rizal Mikvah is always moving, right? It's always connected yeah. to a source. So here we have in Parshas Veschana and Perak Dalit Pasik Dalit, Va'atem Hadvikim Bashem Alokechem, Chayim Kulchem Hayom. There's one way for Chayis. There's one way to be, um, to be everlasting, to be truly alive, and that is when we're Dovuk and Hashem. And then our life, um, our life goes on when we're not here. And it goes on through our children. And that's what the Gemara means. Mazare Bachayim. If his children keep up the life of Torah and Mitzvahs, that's him extending himself through them. And that's the Pshat in what we started off this year tonight. Same idea. When we're talking about the physical body, right? The physical body was buried. It's a caver. But we're talking about the, what he stood for, what he taught, what he preached, what he inspired others, keeps on going, because that's So this, this is the answer that's given to We asked the question in the beginning, what do you mean the life of Sarah? She's dying right now. What do you the life of Yaakov? He's on his deathbed. The answer is the contrary. In these parshis, we see how they continue. Chai Sarah is all about what happened with her son, with Yitzchak, and he got married, and he was standing, his mishpach. Vayichi um, uh, is all Yaakov's blessings to his sons, to the Shvatim who carried on his ways. That's the Hemshech. Then we know they're alive. In other words, when do you know that someone truly lived? If after they live, they live on. If after they live, nothing is left, then it means even during their life, their life wasn't something that was high. It wasn't really connected with with Chaim Kulchem Ayom with Dvekim Hashem. But when it carries on to the children, Mazare Bachaim, Afu Bachaim, that means that he is truly alive. He really connected to the real eternal life, which is Dvekis Hashem. That idea is expressed in this the next paragraph, which is a, a quote from chapter 27 and the fourth section of Tanya. The Tanya was written, of course, by Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, and he wrote this, the first Rebbe of Chabad, and he wrote this um, in connection with the passing of his friend and teacher, Rabbi Nachem Mendel of Vitebsk, or Horodok, um, one of the greatest disciples of the Magad of Mezrich. He's buried in, um, in Tveria. Thousands go to his gravesite in Tveria constantly. Um, and the Alter Rebbe wrote this on his pan, on the, uh, when he passed away, and it's very lengthy. I just took out one quote, a beautiful one. And he writes, This is what the Holy Zayar writes. The tzaddika, the ispater, a tzaddik who passes on, can be found in all worlds, more so than during his lifetime. When the tzaddik was alive, as great as the tzaddik is, he's confined to a body. And the body is, has its limitations. Once the neshama of the tzaddik leaves the body, he says, then he's more accessible than ever before. Even in this very physical world, the presence of the tzaddik is felt more after he passes away than when he, passed, than when he was alive. Because all the mitzvahs that he did, continuously grows and, become, and expands Giduli Gidulin. He inspired people who are in turn inspiring other people. He taught Torah, which is in turn being taught further. From that light that this Sadiq planted. And he planted it in, in Hashem's blessed um, uh, field, so to speak. That shine, give off to the, to the Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. 
וגם אנחנו אלה פה היום כולנו חיים, us physical people who are alive, בדרוכו דרך הקודש יקרא לו, we continue to live through his teachings and through his examples and through his inspiration. That's when it comes to Avodah Hashem, we continue to be disciples of a Sadiq. As far as physical brachas and physical um, uh, going, you know, davening by a Sadiq's caver and so on, the Zayhar writes, the Tzadikim, they shield, they, they, they protect and give shield and protection to the world. After their passing, even more so than during their lifetime. If not for the davening of the tzaddikim in 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 alma riga chada, the world could not exist. So he writes extremely powerful words about this concept of a tzaddik, and he said the Gemara says Yaakov But really, it's a truth for every tzaddik. The being that a tzaddik is one who is truly dovuk by Hashem. And that vekos gives chayis, and that chayis is everlasting, much more so than the physical part of one's body that, that really passes away. So that message is probably important to say. Every person has a neshama that's everlasting. You don't have to be a tzaddik for that. Every person has a neshama, a neshama is everlasting. Well, but the, uh, something like a person. Oh, okay, so every person has that everlasting, but but by most people, they're primarily not. Their life is not only about mm-hmm. their neshama, because their life is about all types of physical stuff. The tzaddik, everything is about his neshama. So when the tzaddik passes away, the neshama just shines stronger and brighter than ever. So how does that work? Let's like say if I'm a gilgal or somebody, maybe he was a tzaddik then, so he's neshama. He wants he wants to have his neshama. He should be, a, and now I'm a gilgal so hot. Right, how's right. So gilgulim is a fascinating question, and the. The very short answer to that question is, whenever a person is a Gilgal of a Neshama, he's never a, a Gilgal of the entire Neshama. He's a Gilgal of a, a certain spark of the Neshama, a certain part of the Neshama. But it's not like one Neshama that's just that's recycled. And in fact, when Mashiach comes, then there's going to be Tchiyas HaMesim. So if the Neshama came down five times, there's going to be five people, not one. Because each part of the Neshama is enclosed in a person, and that becomes an entire thing. And Neshama, just like a flame, if you take a piece of a flame, the flame can still remain on the first candle, it's still fully bright in the second candle. And the same is with a Neshama. When you're a Gilgul of someone, that person is still him and you're still you. And that's just an important thing to know about Gilgulim. And as far as exactly whose Gilgul you are, that I'm not going to, you know, that, that's already... You'll tell me later. But that you have to pay extra. You'll tell me later. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's a general concept about the life of Tzadikim and that's something that's everlasting. And that's why these parshas are called the life of Sarah and the life of Yaakov Avinu. But I want to show you something that I found very beautiful. And that is, more specifically, where do we see how Sarah's life and what she stood for is expressed in this week's parsha? So in general, because it's the life, it's the, you know, it's the continuation of her children. That's the general answer. But if you break down this week's Parsha, this week's Parsha really can be broken into three episodes. The first episode is buying them Aras HaMachpelah. Big deal, Avram with the Bnei Ches, with Ephron. A lot of halachas learned from there. So the first section of this week's Parsha is the acquisition of Chevron and the Aras HaMachpelah, the burial of Sarah. That's A. The second longest part of the Parsha is the whole story of the Shidduch, Eliezer going down and with the camels and with Besuel and with Lavan and finding Rivka by the, by the, uh, by the well and the whole uh, miracle and the sign that he makes from heaven. So 
the, the biggest section of the parsha is the story of Eliezer finding a shidduch for Yitzchak and finding Rivka. The third part of the section is that Avram remarries, Keturah, which is Hagar according to Chazal, and has a bunch of children. Seven and that's it. And that's the parsha. Again, if you break this parsha into three parts, these are the three narratives, the three stories of the parsha. Okay, that's Tupsukir. But I'm saying, if you look at the, the bigger picture of the, the, the things that are discussed at length, again, these are the three big ticket items in the parsha. Again, the acquisition of Hebron, the story with, um, with Eliezer and the Shilich of Hifka, and the story of Avram marrying Keturah and having children and sending them off. What does all this have to do with Sarah? How is this the expression of Sarah's life? So I want to share an idea from, from the Rebbe. I thought a very beautiful idea. It says the following. It says, think about Avram and Sarah. What's the difference between them? What's the um, ideological difference? Where do we have a machlokas between Avram and Sarah? So, exactly. Avram had two sons. Yitzchak and Yishma. Avram, though Yitzchak, of course, was the Hemshech of Klal Yisrael, the continuation of Klal Yisrael, Avram was able to see the beauty in everyone. Avram, as we know, did chesed to everyone, and to Arabs and idolaters, and Avram davened for Sodom, and Avram davened for Yishmael. Avram was the paradigm of kindness, of chesed, of giving, and, and it's all good. Everyone was good, and everyone was holy. He found the goodness in everyone, it was makar of everyone, it was good. Sarah, who of course appreciated Avram, she was his wife, but Sarah had a view that sometimes her son was Yitzchak. And if Yishmael was getting in the way, send him away, right? And Avram was like, why? Yishmael's a good guy. I mean, you know, he might not be perfect, but you know, let's, let's, let's figure it out, right? And Sarah says, no. Goresh esa'oma hazais mibni im Yitzchak. He's got to be out of the house. And for Avram, that was very difficult. And Hashem tells Avram, listen to her. In other words, although Avram's message is very beautiful, and that's, I love everyone, and everyone is good, and everyone's in the image of Hashem, sometimes there has to be a sense of givura, and knowing that there's kedusha and there's what's not kedusha, And we have to focus in on the kedusha and anything that impedes has to be sent away. And that's Sarah. So that's what Sarah brings to the table, a sense of givura, a sense of discerning, and finding what's kedusha and what's not has to be sent away. And if you think about it, in every one of these three sections of the Parsha, this idea... Sarah's message is, is, really, is really learned and seen. What's the first thing? Buy the Mara Samachpela. Avram says the Mara Samachpela has got to be ours. It's got to belong to Klal Yisrael. Ephraim says, you know, use it. Just bury your wife there. It's all good. It'll be a community, you know, community grave. After all, Adam and Chava are buried there. They're the father and mother of mankind. Avram says, no, I want to buy it. And I want to buy it completely. Kesef Mole. Because this is going to be the place of Kedusha for Klal Yisrael. It has to belong to us. Only then will the Kedusha and the resting place of our Ovis and Imois be Bishlamas. So that after Sarah's passing, Avram, so to speak, is taking her message to heart. We're not going to shear the Mara Samach This is going to be for Klal Yisrael. The next step, Avram is going to find a Shidduch for Yitzchak. Who's the first one that wants to, who wants to, have a, who wants to make the Shidduch? Eliezer. Avram says, no, no, sorry. He says, B'ni Baruch. He says, I come from a holy family. And I love you, Eliezer. You're a great guy. You're my servant, my trusted servant. You can't marry. Your daughter is not going to marry my son. I have to go back to my family. 
which has certain roots in Kedusha, and only there can you get married. Again, Avram is, is now talking Sarah language. That there's Kedusha, and there's not Kedusha. And there are times when we have to focus in and make sure Kedusha stays in the realm of Kedusha. Finally, in the last section of the Parsha, you have Avram, um, and you have Avram marries Keturah and has a bunch of kids, and then he sends them all away. He says, it's wonderful, I love you, you're my children, but my son is Yitzchak. The continuation of Kalal Yisrael is with Yitzchak. So we see how in every step of the Parsha, what Sarah lived for and what Sarah taught, Avram says, okay, she was right. And, and he, he, he learned from her, and that's why it's Chaye Sarah. Chayisar means that when a person is gone, what they stand for is still going on. The Kedusha that they brought into the world, people are following them, following in their derech. Then, Mazaro Bachaim, Afu Bachaim, they're being continued onward, and every, even though they've passed on, they're in Elam Ames and Ganadin, but there's a sense of Nitzchiyas, a sense of everlastingness because of the Kedusha that they brought into the world. Avram listen. Avram listen. Avram listen. So that's one one idea. Um, very 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 powerful idea. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left. Let's quickly try to hop around one more idea um, uh, from the Medrash. Bereishis Rabba Parshas Chayisara. In the story of Eliezer, Eliezer is um, you know he's going he's there down there now in Choron and he's looking for a wife for Yitzchak and he comes to the well and he makes this. Uh, deal with Hashem or sign what a request. a request and he says if this and this happens I'll know that's a perfect wife for Yitzchak right if only all Shidduchim would be that easy it says Vayihi hu terem kila ledaber he's barely just barely finished saying his words Rivka shows up and the rest is history Tani Rav Shimon ben Yochai Rav Shimon ben Yochai of course the author of the Zayar says there are three people that were answered in history. Immediately they said, and Hashem right away responds. Eliezer Avdo Shalavraham, Eliezer the servant of Ram, Moshe, Ushlomo. Moshe Rabbeinu and Shlomo Hamalach. Where? Eliezer. That's the story of our Parsha. He's barely finished talking, and Rivka comes up. Moshe. That's in the story of Korach. Right? Moshe says, he says, if Hashem told this to me, then let the earth open up their ground. If not, if, then if the, you know, the earth doesn't, then, then I'm wrong. Immediately. Right? Immediately the earth, by Tibaka Adam, it opens up, swallows up Korach and all of his descendants and all of his family. Shlomo, <laughs> you make that sound so easy. Shlomo, Dixiv, Pasik says in Divrei Hayamim, thank you. Vikechalos Shlomo lispalel Hashem, Shlomo Amalach built, of course, the first base on Mikdash, and he says this amazing tvila to Hashem, asking for Hashem to, that his divine presence should come into the base on Mikdash. Kechalos Shlomo lispalel Hashem, Shlomo Shlomo finishes davening. Vahesh, Yordom in Hashemayim, and the fire comes down from heaven, etc. That's the Medrash. So the Medrash, which obviously has the whole Tanakh at his fingertips, says there's three places where we find instantaneous response to the request of a tzaddik. Eliezer, Ebed Avram, Shlomo HaMelech, Moshe Rabbeinu, and these three stories. And there's a lot of details to discuss here. I, it's okay, I, I don't need to read anymore. There's a lot of details to discuss, but again, in the two minutes remaining, one, one word, one thought. What's the connection of these three stories? Why Dafka these three? I mean, there were so many tzaddikim throughout history and so many tefillos were said, what is it about these three stories? That in these three stories, there was a request and there was an immediate response. 
There's got to be some common denominator, some symmetry, some reason that it's three, these three stories. And an explanation I saw is the following. They're all about bringing Kedusha down into this world, but in various forms. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about the power of prophecy. Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, if I'm a true shliach of Hashem, let Hashem show it. Basically, that's what he was saying, because Korach was challenging, was he a true shliach of Hashem? So that represents Kedusha coming into a person, into a tzaddik. And he says, Hashem, are you going to tell us, does Hashem rest within a human being? Can a person be a Navi? Can a person be a tzaddik? And Hashem says, yes. And that was the immediate response to Moshe Rabbeinu. Shlomo HaMelech is saying, will Hashem rest in the Beis HaMikdash? Aside from Hashem resting within a tzaddik, Hashem will rest in the base of Mikdash in his Asuli Mikdash Vishakanti Basokham. Will Hashem show himself here? Hashem says, yes. And then we have in our parsha, Eliezer and Rivka. What's that all about? Eliezer and Rivka really represent, if you think about it, not Eliezer, uh, Yitzchak and Rivka. Yitzchak is the ultimate tzaddik. Yitzchak is brought up in Eretz Yisrael, in the home of Avram Avinu. He's a tzaddik, ben tzaddik. He was born as a tzaddik. He has a bris milah. He's a ola tamima. He's the holiest of the holy. Rivka is in Kharan. She's by she, her father is a Russia, her mother is a Russia, the whole town is Rishon, the city is Rishon, and she's a little girl, but she's surrounded by 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 riches, by wickedness, by the 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 antithesis of anything holy. And what was the mission of this week's parsha? The recognition that the greatest tzaddik is able to find his his nitzus, his spark in the in, in the most seemingly unholy place and bring Kedusha there as well. Elicit her from where she is. And I don't elicit. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Take her. Take her. Take this hidden Sadekis, a place hidden in total klipa and total darkness and impurity and bring her out there to Israel and bring Kedusha into her. Basically the idea of like of teshuva, of transformation. Transforming a place and a person that seems to be so distant and bringing it to Kedusha and that's what Eliezer is davening for. So all of these three are really about bringing Kedusha down into this world. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu bring Kedusha into himself as a tzaddik, as a navi. Shlomo Melech bring Kedusha into the Beis Hamikdash. Eliezer bringing Kedusha into a place that's so far and that's so distant and that's so dark. And in all of these places, when the person davens for it, Hashem says yes and Hashem shows how that Kedusha can be drawn down into the tzaddik, into the Beis Hamikdash, and into the different parts of this world that we have the ability to elevate and make holy in the world around us. And that's the common denominator between these three things that the Medrash says where Hashem gave that immediate show that yes, I'm willing to show my Kedusha, show my miracle in all of those three places. What about, what about uh, Ariel?